What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. We are back with our 50th episode for you, where we will be talking about the UFC Sanhagen versus Song card going down this weekend from the Apex. 14 fight card, huge fight night card, and actually a lot of really good matchups, a lot of intriguing betting lines. And I'm looking forward to discussing this one with you guys. So, uh, Ozzy, how are we doing this week, my man? Fantastic off that uh, wild pay-per-view over the weekend was one of my, I'd probably say one of my best events I've ever had um, just overall with kind of like just how the last like three, four, uh, five bets went. Um, but yeah, it was super intriguing. Uh, obviously Diaz, uh, Diaz and Tony finishing it out. Nate, you know, Nate winning that cashing as a plus money underdog. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just a g- good overall card was fortunate with the Aldana and the Daniel Rodriguez uh, results there. But uh, ended up uh, just over four units in the in the green there, and then we got a, a really action packed card this week with you know a ton of intriguing uh, prospects and you know guys that I definitely guys and girls that I definitely like uh, like to watch the uh, fight. Yeah, a bit fortunate with the Aldana one for sure. But honestly, I scored the fight for Rodriguez guy. I bet on some uh, some live bets on Rodriguez. Did you as well? There were some crazy live price numbers. Cool. I didn't. I only. I think I only bet like a little bit, just because I I was in uh pretty good already. Um, but I did end up betting like a little at the like plus two twenty, plus two thirty, like towards the end of the second round. I think he got to six hundred in round three. I mean, those are some crazy live round three. This yeah, I don't know. I I definitely did not get the crazy prices, but I did bet him at like two twenty something. Yeah, like I got like two sixty five right after round two and six hundred in round three. Um. And uh, I don't think that's not that wasn't a robbery. That was just a close fight. Like, I'd be down for them to rematch, do it again at 170. You know, a proper weight class. Like, you know, neither guy was too hurt, so they could definitely do it before the end of the year. Yeah, I think there was some like fan favoritism for for Lee there. People were calling robbery, um, but. I mean, I guess you could give Lee all three rounds, but I think it's pretty easy to give D-Rod two rounds. But um, that 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 card was just all right. I mean, it, it capped off nicely with Diaz getting the win. And um, and we didn't really do an official best bet parlay last week because the Holland and, and Rodriguez fight fell through, and that was Ozzy's best bet. Uh, so Tululin was my best bet that did win. So not really a parlay, but I guess we'll we'll tally that in the win column for for the uh, the the thing on the YouTube poll. And uh, Jake Collier obviously fucking killed me. Um, I wouldn't say that guy is dead to me. I still like Collier. Um, he just, you know, gassed out trying to finish him. So I'm over it. I'm already on to the next week. And we got 14 fights, so enough of that. Let's get into these uh, fights here quickly. And the first fight is in the lightweight division. Nicholas Mota, Karen Van Camp. Mota is the favorite, minus 192. Van Camp coming back at plus 167. Some action coming in on Van Camp. Personally, don't really understand it, but uh, it's you know it's cool with me if it keeps coming in because I think this improving uh, Mota price is uh, you know tempting me. Um, I'm officially labeling Van Camp a role player. Um, you know I'm pretty successful with these in the UFC. It's just a guy who gets who, who fights regional MMA and they pretend like they're a high level MMA fighter. They somehow get to the UFC and they're just role playing the fact that they're actually a UFC uh, or an MMA fighter. And that's what Van Camp is uh, this guy is just nowhere near uh the level to be in the ufc and even though mota is nothing like uh you know he's not like a once in a lifetime type of prospect he has fought and beaten uh good fighters like joe selecki um 
did make his UFC debut. Tough loss to uh, to Jim Miller there. And he's just a, a sharp fighter. I don't see really any advantages for Van Camp besides her size. And I think Mota is probably just going to catch him with a counter and knock him out at some point here. So um, I think Mota's money line is, is getting playable at this price. So we got a matchup here between two ninety-three boys, um, which you know I, I always hate to see you know them matched up. But all signs to me point towards the Nicholas Mata side. You know Mata, he's been around in the scene for a while. He's kind of bounced between camps, uh, you know, on the East Coast, camps on the West Coast, camps in Brazil with Rafael dos Anjos. The guy's all over the place. Um, but it seems like he's well liked, you know, everywhere that he goes. Um, it seems like he's been uh in training, you know, uh for, for the past like few months, like preparing for a fight. He did come off that uh knockout loss to Jim Miller, but you know, you know, taking on Jim Miller in your UFC debut is really, really tall, you know, ask, especially when you know the guy's uh you know, Southpaw, super tricky. Um, you know, and you know, Moda looked flat there, don't get me wrong, you know, it wasn't a good performance, but I mean Van Camp is just the guy he does not train at a very high level gym. He got totally put to sleep by um you know Fialo. And it's just because the guy's hands are incredibly low. Um, you know, he he kind of just is looking for the finish all the time. Like he's not even a good striker, but he's looking to, you know, exchange a ton there. Uh he's he's much better on the ground. You know, he's got a bunch of uh submission wins. So that's gonna probably be his path. He's gonna be the bigger guy here. He's cutting down to 155, which I don't know how he's gonna get that done. But good luck to him. Uh, Moda also historically has uh had an issue with uh making weight, but I think this time is going to be okay. He's got a lot of notice to this fight. So, you know, I think he's in a crack Van Camp. I think Van Camp has you know, I mean, this is a live bet opportunity. I think even if Van Camp hurts Moda, if he takes them down, whatever. I don't know. Whatever happens, I don't care what happens in the first round. Um, you know, Moda's a live, live to knock this guy out in the second or third round. He did that at Joe Selecki. So I don't know how much lower this price is gonna go. Um, you know, I'm 197 now. You know, Bet Online is historically known to be the sharpest book in terms of MMA, at least in my opinion. So I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's some information that I'm, you know, lagging behind on, but I like Nicholas Motor to, to end Cameron Venekamp's uh UFC run. Uh or I don't know. Just he's an, I feel he should win this fight. I'd be really surprised, but crazier things about Yeah, like it, say he loses here and he's out of the UFC. When he, you see that notice that he's been released, you're going to think to yourself, damn, I really wish I bet against this guy when I had the chance to. Yeah. And I mean, this, like Ozzy said, this guy got knocked out cold four months ago at welterweight. Now he's cutting an extra 15 pounds down uh, to a lightweight. It's going to be a tough It's just up. so high up in the air. Just so, and like, this is the worst, you know, obviously 135 to 125 is bad because like no real grown man is 125 but 170 to 155 like so many people have tried to do that and it just doesn't go well like the guy's six foot two he's not small um that has to be why people are betting him because he's five inches taller but enough about that stupid fight um late or uh bantamweight division next good fight match or good matchup here tony gravely taking on javid basharat and the odds for this one have Bashrat as the minus 152 favorite, Gravely plus 132. Some two-way action coming down this fight. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Matchup, love it. Um, I think this they could have 
gave Bashrat some uh, lower rank guys for sure. I mean, Tony Gravely, what is, what is, uh, he's probably like top, I don't know, 25. Yeah, like top 25. That's what I was thinking. You never know with like the rankings cutting off there. But the guy's super solid. I mean, uh, Typology's got him 41. I, I, I'd put him higher than that is obviously when you consider just UFC guys. So, yeah, like top 25-ish. Um, you know, so Javid, he's a, he's a Ali guy. So I think they're trying to push him a little bit uh, quicker. Um, give him a Tony Gravely. And if he can win this fight, I mean, you know, his next fight could be for like a top 15 ranking uh, in theory. Um but uh, but yeah, it's a tough fight. I mean, Tony, he's he has come from like a karate taekwondo background, but he's just a really really strong wrestler. He's definitely gonna be looking to mix that up. But he's been getting more comfortable with the hands. Um, obviously you saw he knocked out Johnny Munoz. That was a fight that I was tossing back and forth on. I was like, all right, I'm going with Johnny. I'm going with Tony. I ended up on the Tony side. Um, and he definitely iced him there. He uh, he showed his heavy hands. Um, but the guy's just well rounded. He does put himself in trouble sometimes, you know, just because you know he he's just good with wherever the fight goes. So you know that could end up. It's more a little bit high. Uh, volatility like he'll definitely probably be in a submission at some point here he he might be stunned get stunned like his his chin sometimes people have called into question but the guy's got a lot of experience man he's fought the toughest guys both in his run to the ufc and you know since he's got got there he's fought pretty tough guys overall um you know javid i i I don't like this guy that much like he he's kind of like you know, when he does sit down on his strikes, they are solid and the shot selection is okay. But I just feel that I'm more skeptical skeptical about his submission grappling and how it interacts with a guy like Tony who's so heavy on top and, you know, just so persistent and, you know, could cover the hips really well. So I think this is a close fight as it's lined. I do see some equity for Javid getting a finish later on just if they're really exchanging positions but i kind of like the tony gravely side the money line you know plus 140 you could get on DraftKings right now i think it's a fair price for javid to prove that he could be a guy who i know is consistently like tony could be most guys in the world on any given day um so i'll i'll lean with him and i'll pick him and you know i think there's a little value on that money line price yeah i'm thinking the same and it's uh you know Javid is definitely good. I don't think he's um you know super proven yet, but I think he's very promising. Uh, but Tony Gravely is just a, a grinder. Uh, he's very comfortable wrestling for 15 minutes straight. He'll shoot 10 to 15, 20 takedowns attempts if he has to, and he's just comfortable in that that grinding type of pace. So uh, Javid is a clean striker. He he's you know good on top when he throws ground and pound, but. Uh, have we ever seen him f- uh, fight a wrestler of Tony Gravely's caliber? And I don't think th- the answer is yes. I think that Gravely is going to be the toughest grappling test of Boshrat's career. And if you just look at Boshrat's record, guys, like up until he got to uh, really his last opponent, Trevin Jones, I mean, all those guys' records are really skeptical. Some guys with flat out terrible records, and then some guys with good records, they look good on paper. They're like 11 and 1, but then you look at their. Uh, wins and they're all over fighters with zero wins uh, like the guy he beat on the contender series and I just uh, I mean Javid is definitely uh, a decent prospect but I just think that the market and everybody is too high on him coming off the contender series wins and everything and um, 
I'm happy to take Gravely at this plus money price. I think he's going to be uh, at least a unit here for me, maybe even a little bit more. And, you know, waiting to see what the price goes because uh, some some action last week came in on Bashra. Gravely got up to almost plus 170 at one point, and then some action came back in on Gravely. It's interesting to see where the line's going to go here. So um, we're, we're both liking Gravely here, the, the American wrestler in this matchup. And that's going to take us to the women's strawweight division or flyweight, excuse me. Maria Agapova taking on Jillian Robertson. Uh, we have the odds for this one. Robertson minus 145, Agapova plus 125. Um, you know, striker versus grappler matchup here. Uh, Robertson is the grappler. Agapova is a striker. And, you know, Agapova's definitely struggled with the grappling in her tenure as an MMA fighter, definitely in her last fight against Mary Mraz. Uh, I was taping the two of them, and I, I do see a big difference between J Jillian Robertson and Mary Mraz. Um, and so Mraz likes to drive the fence to the cage, uh, get her opponents back up the cage, and she's really strong. She has a, a strong upper body, and she's able to get um, good body lock positions and trip her opponents down. So uh, what I'm noticing with Jillian, however, when she's in those same positions, she's a little weaker with the uh, her upper body. So she'll push some of her opponents to the cage, but she doesn't really have the strength to get her opponents down to the floor. And where she shines getting the fight down is in that open space where she can shoot a takedown. So look for that to play out here. Look for when uh, Maria is you know in that open space with, with her striking. Uh, that is when Jillian's going to time her takedowns to try to get her on the ground. Um, but if Agapova can get her back to the fence, you know, that's, that's actually a good sign for her here. Uh, but judging by uh, Robertson being able to just pretty easily um, take down and destroy Cachoeira on the ground, who's a pretty you know, a physical woman for the weight class, I don't think she's going to have a whole lot of difficulty here with uh, Agapova. And Agapova gives up her back left and right. Miraz took her back, had multiple back takes, and eventually did submit her there. And I think the jiu-jitsu level of Robertson is just way, way higher than Agapova. So I think Robertson should uh, outgrapple her and you know likely cover her price tag here. I missed the early numbers. The people who got in on Jillian as a dog or those early numbers, those are really good. But where it's at now, uh, I think I'm just going to sit back and watch this one. What is Jillian's sub? If it's anything better than like three to one, I would be interested. 265. So not quite enticing enough. Um, any thoughts here? I don't really like this fight very much. I know there was a bunch of replacements, I think, uh, with it. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think Jillian by submission is probably, like, one of the only things you could play here. I just feel that, I mean, I don't trust Agapova at all. You know, that last fight, everybody, I mean, we were all over Morose. Um, And I just feel like Jillian should be able to, to get grappling going. But you... You never know if she like headbutts a freaking shin like from for a head kick or something like that. Very uh plausible, very possible. So I kind of like I like the doesn't go the distance or the under. Like Agapova, if she's on her back, she's gonna be looking to get up. She's gonna spaz. Like she, I don't think she she wants like two L's in a row. Like I don't think she's gonna hold on. Um, if she is on her back, so. You know, but Jillian could be a little tepid. Like when she couldn't take down JJ Aldrich, like she just just phoned it in. But I because that happened, I don't think it'll happen again, as funny as that is to say. So I like the under, it doesn't go the distance. All right, that's gonna move us to the next fight, which is taking place in the lightweight division. Trey Ogden taking on Daniel Zellhuber. Odds for this one, Zell Huber minus uh three hundred. Ogden coming back plus 250. Probably one of the 
least interesting fights in the card for me. Uh, you can start this one off here, Ozzy. The Huber guy. I mean, the fight that he had against um, Almeida in the Contender Series is a great fight. He's super composed, was well-rounded, looked to control the pace, like, you know, put out his strikes. You know, there was some grappling in it, showed great cardio. Um, and I think he should still be improving. Um, he's taking on Trey Ogden, who, I mean, looked bad against Jordan Wright or Jordan um, Levitt, uh, got tired. Um, his submission, you know, game didn't look all that great to me. His wrestling obviously wasn't, you know, a standout. Um, and then, you know, on the feet, he just did not show a lot of touch to me, a lot of killer instinct. Like, the guy just did not look like a too well-rounded of a guy. Um but, I mean, I, I could see him, you know, putting out a better performance here. But I think Zell Huber is definitely the side. Like, this guy is really long, lanky, strong for the weight class, I think. Um, I think he's going to have, like, a Miles Morales, Michael Morales kind of uh, trajectory here. And I think Trey Ogden's probably uh, just probably ends up tiring out a little bit, you know, maybe being effective a little bit early on. But uh, but I think Zell Huber is able to pick up the pace later on in the fight and just pull away from Trey Ogden. Um, but I'm interested that maybe he could get a lot of him to grapple with him. But I think Zell Huber is too smart to not be putting out consistent damage on on um, on Ogden. So I'll I'll, I'll take Zell Huber uh, to win this fight inside the distance. I don't know. Yeah, I was yeah, taking this Cage one earlier. I was taping this one earlier, but honestly, um, had to go do something and, and never really finish it up. I was seeing good things from Zell Huber. Uh, I just hadn't seen him on his back. Um, my boy John Starr was saying that he had been tested in some on the ground in some of his combate fights. So I'm gonna go finish watching those later. Uh, but Ogden it is really bad, man. I mean, I bet this fucking guy versus uh, Jordan Levitt, and he royally fucked that fight up. And uh, I, I don't think I'll ever trust this guy again. After how bad and pathetic he just gave that fight away, um, got outstruck and lost a round on the feet to Jordan Levitt. So that just tells you everything you need to know. Zell Hooper is going to destroy this guy on the feet, and Ogden's going to have to grapple to win. And considering I don't even think Ogden is really a good uh, offensive wrestler or grappler, I don't I don't trust him to do so. And Zell Hooper actually looks pretty competent uh, in grappling. I've seen him do good things on top position when he gets there. So. Unless Zell Huber is just really bad on bottom and Ogden shows up with a good grappling game plan, uh, I don't see Zell Huber losing this fight. That's going to take us next fight. Women's strawweight division, Loma Lukwunmi taking on Denise Gomes. Uh, Loma is the favorite here, minus 231. Gomes plus 196. Once upon a time, I laid some heavy chalk on Loma. Um, she did win the fight. She she beat Sam Hughes at minus 260. But after that fight was over, I said, yeah, that was a mistake. And I'm not going to be doing that uh, anymore. Um, and obviously, I, I've i now endorsed the philosophy of never bet women's uh, favorites ever. And now after Jake Collier, never betting favorites past minus 250 ever again. So I need you guys, uh, the listeners, to hold me accountable. If I ever start endorsing. Uh, bets past those parameters. I need you guys to check me. Um, so the only side you could play here is Gomes, and she fought in the Contender Series three or four weeks ago. She looked all right. She fought a pretty bad opponent, uh, but she outstruck her pretty um, pretty wide. And you know, I'm seeing an angle in this fight is is Gomez throws punches. She is an okay boxer, and Loma, being a Muay Thai fighter, um, just always neglected her boxing defense in Muay Thai in Thailand. They don't really throw a whole lot of hands in their fights, especially the women's fights. And um, you see that 
evident in Loma's fighting style because her boxing defense is just not there. She's not used to getting hit with punches so much in these fights. And even Sam Hughes was able to be uh, landing a lot of straight punches on her. So I think Denise Gomez can make this fight close with, with the volume and the striking. And, you know, Loma's going to torture and clinch. If they get up close, she's going to be landing good knees and elbows, maybe throwing her down to the mat a little bit. Even at, at, kicking range Loma's probably going to be picking her apart with little kicks but Gomez I think is going to be coming forward and throwing punches and as much as Loma is a technical skilled fighter it's going to be a close women's striking fight and I think one of those women at plus 200 one of those women with their decision line at plus 300 I think is the side so it's Gomes or pass here all day I really don't care about this fight I really do not like Loma Lubumi as a fighter overall um, so I'll, I'll roll the dice with Denise, Denise Gomez, you know, if Martian is selling the stock on Loma, then, then I will as well, even though I never owned it, um, I'll sell it anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, we could get 215 to 10, 210, 210, 210 is pretty good. I mean, Loma, she just doesn't, like you said, doesn't win fights that clearly she's, she's like a show woman, but she doesn't let it, like have a lot to show, like she she just like a low pace, low output, low power, you know, tie, you know, traditional striker. So I mean, this Gomez girl, I think she could bring the bring the fight to her more. So let's go with her. Uh sticking in the women's division next, uh up to one thirty five, Bantam Aspen Lad, Sarah McMahon. Sarah is the dog here. Lad minus one forty three, McMahon plus one twenty three. What are we thinking here? Man, Sarah, Sarah, you know, Sarah cashed some big tickets last time. She was like plus like 200, I think, in that neighborhood against Carol Rosa. Everybody thought, you know, it's going to be another quitting performance. Everybody was just waiting on it. And Sarah pulled through. Sarah did not quit. Sarah kept taking her down, holding her down. And I think she could do the same thing here again because the same stuff, like people would be like, oh, Sarah, she ends up quitting. She gets finished, whatever. Aspen Ladd, she just stops doing stuff, you know, sometimes. Like, you know, she did have a better third round. I think it was against Raquel Pennington, but she's so delusional. She thought she won the fight. Like, there's absolutely no way. Um, And I just feel like McCann, McMahon, you know, in this smaller cage, maybe she could get some takedowns in here. And, you know, if she puts Aspen Ladd on her back, she should be able to, you know, easily hold her down. But the issue is... um. Sarah potentially getting put on her back. Um, you saw that against Juliana Pena. You know, Pena was able to choke her out pretty quickly after that. Um, so that's like the concern for sure. Um, and then maybe like Aspen Lad trying to, you know, get up or, you know, revert whatever from the bottom. And then Sarah like progressing position to like back mount or whatever. And then Aspen Ladd ended up on top of her. But I mean, I think I rolled the dice, you know, a little bit with Sarah plus one twenty three. I think that's that's fair. I mean, Aspen Ladd is a weird fighter. I don't know why people are that confident and would lay juice on her. It's only been bad with Aspen Ladd. Um, <laughs> that's funny. But it's only been bad news, dude, all the time. So why would you? I don't understand people wanting a better, but whatever. So yeah, I, I mean, take Sarah McMahon. I mean, maybe the upside here for Lan is Lad is she's a lot younger, right? Like probably like thirteen years younger. Um, but I don't see where else she really has an advantage. I mean, even in the striking, I honestly think McMahon is probably the better striker. Uh, I mean, Lad striking is atrocious, and 
Um, I mean, her her game A is is really the grappling, and she's fighting a better grappler than her here. McMahon's a better wrestler, probably is better jujitsu. Name should be slow twitch. <laughs> the nickname should be slow what, does she have aspen a lot slow is it like cupcake lad. is it cupcake lad aspen cupcake lad no some... no, no no that's me should say she doesn't have a nickname she needs one yeah maybe no. like fatty 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 sugar patty or something would be good for aspen but um yeah i'm betting sarah here as well um <laughs> i bet her plus 110 on DraftKings. Then I see the line like jump up to plus one twenty three on Bet Online. So um, my bet on uh, Bet MMA says plus one ten, but I cashed out of that and I bet her plus one twenty three on Bet Online, which is still what it's at now. Um, and you know, McMahon, sure you guys write that down. Sure <laughs> that extra, that extra point one three units. I want it on my fucking record. Record show. Um, record show. But uh, I mean, line yeah. shopping, guys. Line shopping. She, uh, I mean. She, I mean, she just beat Carol Rosa, who's, you know, a dangerous woman who, uh, you know, McMahon still has a really good two rounds in her. Obviously, she still kind of like uh, cucks a little bit in round three. She's done that in back to back fights. Um, but uh, I still think she should have enough in the tank here to, to win two out of three rounds. So give me McMahon. Um, that's going to take us welterweight division. Hilarious fight here. Trevin Giles taking on Luis Luis Cossie. Um Giles is the favorite minus 212 Cossie plus 182. So, I had to remind my phone, you know, uh, what he looked like. I remember the Platnikov fight, but it was a long time ago, almost two years ago, right? Yeah, uh, just two months shy of two years ago. Um, you know, this guy gassed out in record time in that fight. Literally two minutes, two and a half minutes into the fight, he is death gassed. Uh, and... It's just a, a really funny fight. I mean, from the time Kasi rocks him, uh, it's maybe three minutes into the video. 20 minutes later, the fight is still going on because um, there's just breaks in between rounds. And then these guys are fouling each other left and right. It dragged on so long. It was just like the longest fight I've ever seen. Um, and then eventually Kasi did if you get take this, there. If you take that fight and Palatnikov's other fight against Tanner, where you cashed on Tanner. Those exact same fights, story. Great. Probably the most fouls and time in between between two fights that a guy's ever had. Great reference, great reference there. I didn't even think of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kasi, he's really bad, man. I mean, he, his his punches <laughs> come up short. He has pretty short arms. Like, what is this guy's reach? It, 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 probably disproportionately he's like, short. He's like, um, he's like Pletcher. Seven, he's yeah, like, 71, 71 inch reach at, at welterweight. That's that's small. Um, that's really small. So, um, right. you know, You'd fucking out job him, right, Martian? For sure. And you know who's going to out job him? It's going to be uh, Officer Giles here. I mean, this guy <laughs> is uh, only has three inches of reach, but he's the former middleweight. He's going to be the bigger guy in there. And, you know, Giles is an idiot. He fights terribly, but like the guy does actually have good offensive boxing. And he's a decent counter wrestler. I don't think he's going to get taken down and held down here versus Kasi. And he's going to be the more technical fighter on the feet. It's just you can't trust this guy at this price tag of minus 200. Giles is a guy you can possibly stab on as a dog with minimal confidence. But you can't be laying chalk on him. That's just not a good uh, winning long-term strategy. So Giles is going to be the pick to win. Um, but, I, you know, I just can't get involved. Let me, let me check the props to see if there's anything interesting here. Um, Oh, Giles' decision in three to one. 
They have the fight oh, ending inside the distance is minus three twenty five here. I think that's off. I mean, Kasi gassed out oh, in his last bro. fight. He's he's gonna be fighting a little more conservatively, trying to conserve that gas tank. And this one's gonna go over. It's the over minus one fifty five or the over one and a half. I think that's gonna be a bet for me too. What do you think? No, no, this is this fight's definitely finishing under. Um, under what? Under everything. Under under everything. Two and a half. <laughs> Three doesn't start around three under two and a half, one and a half. So I mean, Officer Giles, man, I think his chin is just is bad now. I, I think the weight between when you combo the weight cut and then getting hit by hitters, which obviously Michael Morales seems like he he hits hard, but I think Luis Casi also hits hard. Um, but the problem is also Luis Casi, he's available to be hit, and Officer Giles like. I just think he's a certain kind of fighter. Like, he's a former cop, bro. So, you know, cops, like, with the ego trip, like, if they get, like, touched up a little bit, right? Like, they're, he's just trying to fucking just abuse his power after. Like, come right back, prove himself. I don't know if that makes sense, but you, it should. You know what I mean. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, These guys, I mean, Giles is going to try to jab, and Kosey's going to throw overhand rights to dipping left hooks. And they're just going to exchange it out. I feel like Giles maybe goes for a takedown at some point. But I, I don't trust the guy. I haven't since the, the Roman fight, I think. I don't know when I sold the stock. But the 170, the 15-pound drop is no good. Kasi, though, also is no good. So this is a fight only involved with the total under for sure. Um, someone's going to sleep, bro. Someone, someone's getting finished in this fight, definitely. Yeah, I'm doing. Lock, lock I'm up. doing Giles' decision instead of over. Um, I feel like, bro, how is Giles' decision hitting? It's not happening, bro. Come on. No, I'm telling. I already laid out the. If they're path, boxing, uh, if they're on their feet for tw- 15 minutes, someone's unconscious. No, no, no. Yes. Um. So here's the layout for that is is Kasi isn't like super um chinny. Like remember he took a beating from from Palatnikov before falling over. Um and he Palatnikov's a one fifty five er, bro. Once he's one seventy. Um but anyway, um so he's not guys, Giles isn't look how frail let me let me walk is, let me walk bro. through the path. Giles is just gonna jab him up straight. You remember James you remember James Krause? You remember what they what happened with James Krause? I, he came into his corner after Giles finished beating him up in that first round or whatever. He's like his he, he punches so heavy, it hurts. He hits hard. That was at one eighty. That was at one eighty five. That was at one eighty five. Doesn't matter, bro. The guy brings the power down with him. Bro, he's a jabber. He don't hit hard. He's not hitting shit hard. Um, yeah, this is Giles' decision. Um, so next fight is gonna be let's see, last fight on the prelims. Incredible match up here featherweight division damon axon jackson taking on project pat sabatini um a grappler's delight here at 145 sabatini minus 185 jackson plus 160 uh amazing matchup here what are you thinking ozzy amazing matchup i feel like it's not gonna happen this week i don't know why you know obviously both these guys are very reliable you know damon the guy made weight for i don't know what fight a 155 fight like two months ago or some shit like that he's crazy Project Pat, baddest motherfucker that I know in Philly and Philadelphia after the Martian, obviously. So second baddest dude I know from Philly. Um, I mean the guys at Terror, like I said, you know, people people laughed at me when they're like, Oh, you Ozzy, you're just promoting him because of this or that. Man, the guy mixes up the jujitsu, the wrestling with the with the ground game. 
know as good as most uh, as most guys do it because he can fight from his back like he could be pulling guard pulling these butterfly guards going for the heel hooks and the you know sweeps and stuff like that or he could just hold top position um and then he could fish for the neck and stuff like that he's just a very well-rounded grappler and he's gorilla strong at 145 so this guy's a fucking problem um he's he reminds me he's kind of like Hmm. You know, this will people will be like, this is a dumb comparison. But like, if Sean Shirk knew jujitsu and was a little bit more flowy on the feet, I feel like that's kind of like that Pat Sabatini model. Um, because but he could grind guys down with a much more clean jujitsu game. Once he, as soon as the guy makes contact with you, you saw. As soon as he grabbed that little fucking hobbit larmy from fucking canada what the, what do they what do they feed these people in canada that larmies come out but he he just started you know tangling that dude up in a web and you could see the larmy was like i am fucked every time he got put on bottom but this is a tough fight because damon he's also a big guy for 145 uh is long um uses it well both in the grappling and and when he does uh choose to strike and he's got great conditioning great cardio um, so I think this is gonna be a tough fight. I think this line should. I mean, I would agree with the action now coming in, um, on Jackson just because I think it's gonna be tough to sweep Damon if he gets uh if if Pat goes to the bottom at any point, whether that be a Damon takedown or you know Pat going to the to his back or maybe falling off like while going for a submission something like that. So I think that'll be difficult. But I do think Pat will find a way because he's just going to be throwing out these submissions on Damon. I like Pat by submission once again. I no. just think that I, I, I like Pat by submission once again. I'm not saying there's definitely going to hit. He's going to have Damon in some submissions. So I get four to one. Hopefully, maybe we could get closer to a five to one because Damon will put himself in some submissions. Pat. I think I know will go for submissions. He will look to end the fight at some point with the submission. Damon is willing to grapple. But then if these guys are on it, this fight is all about the conditioning of, of Sabatini because we know what Damon's bringing. Um, so, I mean, I, I would only, I would have to go dog or pass here just because, uh, but I think Damon's going to be on his back here. I think people will be surprised that, how much Pat's able to control the early exchanges and go for uh, his takedowns. But we'll see how he holds up over three. Pat, Pat ain't subbing this man, man. He He's just not. I mean, um, Jackson is really resistant to submissions. And um, Sabatini, you know, remember, he's a wrestler first. He has uh, really good jiu-jitsu and really good um, uh, submissions. But, I, you know, his main game is to just wrestle and to, you know, a little bit kind Sean of ride, ride people from top, ride people from top. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen this guy control, you know, Lutz and Laramie and Connolly and have them in really dominant positions for long stretches. And he hasn't subbed Lutz, those guys. Don't forget, don't, don't forget about Lutz when he was an underdog. To I Lutz, said, Lutz. I said all three. No, no, no. Lutz was, Lutz was the dog there. Um, no, no. They finished Sabatini dog. Really interesting. Uh, anyway, um, you know, I so I just don't think it's likely that he submits him at all. I, four to one, I don't think is nearly good enough. I honestly think you need like seven to one um, to to for it to be value. Um, I honestly think if anybody's submitting one another here, I think Jackson has the better chance to do it because um, you know watching the Bechtick fight, this guy is just he's just a pesky guy to deal with in the grappling because when you take him down, he's going to go for the front headlock choke, he's going to go for the arm and guillotine, and then you get him flat on his back, he's going to be yanking the Kimura and try to try to sweep oh, it off the Kimura. This 
guy, Bektik and Sabatini jujitsu wise, bro, is a whole different level. It's no, like it's it's extremely comparable, bro. Bektik is not the jujitsu. No, maybe the wrestling. Yeah, I'll give you that, but not the the feel for the jujitsu. How many fucking submissions does does Bektik have on his record? I don't uh, know, but one. but 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 Sabatini doesn't have as many as you think, um, right? I mean, he he has uh, several knockouts, a lot of decisions. Um, anyway, um, they're, they're, it's the most comparable log uh, for for Jackson. And if you look at, if you say, um, you know, this is no one's really tried to take Pat down as like their game plan, right? But like, if we have to look at who has tried to grapple Jackson, Bectic is the best example for that. And he he got taken down. He was spent on bottom uh, for the first two rounds for the majority of those times probably lost the first two rounds. But like I said, he just dealt with that, uh, the grappling adversity well, and he was constantly throwing up submissions and making it difficult. And I feel like, um, you know, we do have that, that, that relevant tape of a guy trying to grapple Jackson and it failing and Jackson coming up on top. While we don't really have as much footage about that for Sabatini. I think actually maybe like the Chepe Sabatini doing what? For Sabatini doing what? Like a, a grappling fight with him. And I, I'm just remembering, yeah, Jose Marisco. Yeah, Larmy have him. Larmy got on top of him and he reversed him. Larmy stinks. Um, no, the but the Mariscal fight from back in the day, a pretty long time ago. But that was that fight was fucking crazy. That was like a back and forth grappling fight where they were just like taking each other's backs, like left and right. Um, so you know, I do, I agree. So I agree. Hard, I agree that this it is, is so good. It is dog or pass. Damon's not submitting fucking pat. No, I don't think either guy is submitting. I mean, I think it's going to go to the decision, and it's probably going to be a pat decision. Um, but I think it's going to round three. You got to favor Damon Jackson, right? Damon Jackson in multiple round three finishes. Set, pat has slowed a little bit in round three. The Connolly fight he slowed a little bit, and um, maybe a, maybe another one as well. Um, but has 10 submissions dude fuck are you talking about he doesn't have them as many as you think that is more than i would have expected but but still um yeah he's not i don't think either of these guys are submitting each other uh goes the distance is probably going to hit here it's probably going to be a sabatini decision but it's just not going to be an easy cover i don't think i don't think you can you're going to be feeling like too safe with that minus one side gang hanzo gracie philly 17 how many what's how many wins it is in the 16 and yeah that's the reason why you can't it's 16 17 it's, and oh no 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 it's only 15 sorry damon sorry damon thank you for trying East, all right, East right by the way you yell there you don't be don't be yelling like that but yeah let's remind everybody marquez mma is like 15 and 0 in the ufc um so that's pat's it. gonna keep the streak going um first fight in the main card Middleweight division, Anthony Hernandez taking on Mark Andre Barryut. Hernandez is the favorite, minus 174. Barryut plus 149. So I've been a historic MAB supporter, but I'm uh, once again selling stocks here. I have bet Hernandez in this fight, and uh, I bet against Hernandez in his last fight uh, with Josh Remden. I just made a mental note there that this this guy is not a guy you want to be betting against. I mean, he's a relentless grappler who has 15 minutes of cardio who will shoot. 15 takedowns if he needs to kind of like tony gravely uh but the thing is the higher the weight class goes the the more valuable that is because these guys just can't grapple and wrestle that well the higher weight classes you go so um you know hernandez is just giving a dog out, you give you giving out the secrets bros so hernandez is just a dog man i mean he's gonna he might be put his neck in like a guillotine or something here and people think oh 
MAB submitted Jordan Wright. No, bro, he's not submitting Hernandez. Hernandez is going to get out of those chokes. Um, Rodolfo Vieira couldn't submit this guy. Marc-Andre Berriut's not going to as well. Um, and, you know, the only advantage Berriut has here is on the feet. But I just don't think that Hernandez is going to allow him to get that striking range because it's the small cage. And Hernandez is just a relentless pressure. And he's going to just be in MAB's face the entire time, pushing him back, getting him in the cage dragging him down and he'll he'll take him down as many times as he needs to to uh, probably win by decision here might even submit MAB what is the line I wonder on Hernandez submission um it is not that good it's only 300 not good enough for me um but uh I think uh Hernandez is going to drown him and he's uh I would say probably I'm leaning decision uh but I think it's probably going to be 3027 honestly yeah um I remember no very funny before Hernandez's last fight, right, against Frem, uh, I think it was like a Twitter spaces and the guy came on. And he's like, yeah, you know, Fluffy, I think, you know, I think this guy, he's a big contender. And uh, and he reminds me of Cain Velasquez. And then, you know, this one guy was like, are you, you're an idiot. You're so stupid. You're so, and then this motherfucker went out there and it looked exactly like, it looked exactly like a Cain Velasquez fight. Um, And I mean, I've been high on this guy, you know, the whole time, uh, you know, now going back to the west side, show the west side some love. You know, Hernandez and some of the guys that he's training with over there, like I just like their approach to you you know MMA how, you know, Hernandez is really chaining some of these things together. He does a lot of, you know, really crafty things, you know, in the cage as well. There was like one time where I think uh, you know, it's like the second round, first round, I don't remember, you know, a friend throws like a jab and, you know, uh Fluffy parries it with his right hand and he kind of passes it off to his left hand and then he just kind of like pulls himself, uses it, pulls himself like into like a clinch or, you know, single leg with his other arm, you know, as a uh, friend is like trying to pull, pull away and get away from him. So just like crafty things to get the fight in, in close and, you know, when, once he starts leg riding and once he's in on the hips or on the legs, he's really good at finishing in a multitude of ways you know he's not maybe like the most tremendously strong guy but the guy's uh pace is crazy he's you know switching off grips he's kind of like you know grabbing an ankle to keep you in place you know while he fishes for a choke or you know he throws a few strikes in there that's the thing too he puts out damage and then he looks to submit and he goes for submissions that um usually don't put him in too much risk for losing position but even when he does lose position he's like coming up on single legs from bottom he's looking to stay active he he doesn't really relent you know too much um and he's able to keep fights at his pace a lot and make guys uncomfortable so mab i just don't think this guy's grappling wise there at all i mean he looked okay on top of uh a zaitar but again short and right like even the guillotine he goes for it's like not a, a great guillotine like a guy like hernandez is going to be able to escape that. like hit hernandez's like special move if he was in the mortal Kombat game is a fucking guillotine like <laughs> he's not getting caught by like a guillotine like that from mab and the fact that mab is even allowing a guy like jordan wright to get in positions like that on him it's just bad news to me you know it's like it's like um you know sometimes i look at it like almost uh you know, you compare it to like the NFL, like if, if you're letting a team always be third down and two on you, like maybe you're going to be able to escape a few times, but you got a guy like Alexander, uh, Anthony Hernandez getting into those wrestling positions so often 
while MAB, on the other hand, does not like he's not that accurate with his hands. He doesn't throw really kicks, you know, all that much. He just kind of like is a is a grinder and then he tries to up the volume later on. But I think he's going to meet his match here. We'll see if he's able, you know, to to make Hernandez use uh, more energy than expected. And then he's able to, you know, maybe uh, box him up uh, in the later rounds or, you know, dirty box. But I think he's going to get taken down and finished here. So I'm going to take Hernandez money line inside the distance submission. Give it, give it all to me. Maybe even an under as well. I'll take it all just because I think uh zombie high pace fight and uh, Hernandez is going to be in his, uh, his finishing positions often. Yeah. The only route I see him losing is what you were describing kind of just, uh, surviving early and then maybe coming on strong on two and three, but I'm, I'm pretty certain Hernandez is winning round one here. So um, next fight, heavyweight division, Tanner Bosser, Rodrigo Nesamento uh, and the odds for this one um, have Bosser as the favorite minus 168, Nesamento plus 148. What are you thinking here? Interesting fight ish. You know, Bosser was very active last year at, at last year. This is last fight, right? In June last year. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, long time. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. So you know he was very active, and he had that fight. I think that's the one that ended a little controversial. I don't know if I can remember, but I mean, Bozer, yeah, yeah, it was like a defense grab the con- allegedly. Yeah, defense thing, yeah. So I mean, he has a lot of a, right. He, he has a lot of experience overall. Um, he's been to fourteen decisions. Wow, Nascimento. You know, he's finished a bunch of his UFC fights, but the guys like kind of a sole starter like i mean i don't know how much he's kind of he's only has nine fights overall and he just got popped for you know uh adderall in his last fight and you know had to sit out for like you know 10 months or a year or whatever it is and crazy that he popped for adderall in that fight with how lethargic of a performance it was up until that point so i don't know gotta get a few more milligrams in you um but I just don't like the guy. I feel is a, a guy that very likely to will. Like, if if uh, Bozer is able to pressure him, he's never fought around three. He hasn't fought like outside of six minutes, seven minutes before. And you got a guy in Bozer who's very very durable. In those twenty nine fights, he's only been stopped by strikes one time, and that was like in the first ten seconds of a of a fight, which is kind of like a. a little bit of a rant of what we would call a random outcome you know it eventually probably happens to a few guys um but nascimento like his, his shots like the punches that he threw like even in that barrage against um bedo there's not that much you know to um you know i, I don't think he's kind of thinking it out too much he's already behind in that fight as well you know so i think he's gonna have to grapple here obviously you know bozer his takedown defense has looked a little shaky but I just kind of trust him to, to to win this fight against you know Nascimento a little bit more than uh, than I than I think Nascimento you know comes out you know and looks good for three rounds. So I don't think Bozer is easy to is going to be easy to finish. So with I think with the fight I think mapping out on a longer scale I just think Bozer uh, beats Nascimento more more often than not. So I'll side with him at the minus one. Uh, 165 number but i could definitely see the grappling path to victory but i don't like the takedowns i see from nascimento like he doesn't really have leg attack i i i'm not high on the guy overall yeah i mean you're right on point here like, i think nascimento would lose sorry to but like he probably lose if you put him on like contender series like i wouldn't be that sure that he'd be coming off that you know from those fights but um 
Yeah, so I agree with uh, pretty much everything. I mean, Nascimento, uh, his wrestling is not that good. I mean, the Maze fight, he looks all right. But, I mean, really, this guy's takedowns are pretty minimal on tape out there. Um, and he's just not a guy who gets down, you know, leg attacks, like you were saying. He doesn't shoot below the waist very many times. Um, he, he, you know, does those upper body takedowns and tries to drag you down from, like, a body lock or something. And, you know, Bosser did get taken down in one of those positions uh, versus OSP, but he was able to regard. He was able to stand back up. And, you know, if he's able to stand up and escape uh, OSP, I think, you know, he's probably not in that much danger here versus Nascimento. Um, so, and I, and I totally agree with what Ozzy was saying about, about Nascimento just wilting. This guy just doesn't seem like he has a lot of fight in him. Uh, you know, Alan Badeau was out striking this guy. Alan Badeau st- stuffed multiple of his takedowns. And that was before Nascimento popped for steroids. So this guy could be coming off steroids. The one positive thing I'll possibly say about him is he has been training at ATT for like a few years now. He might be getting a lot better. He is still young. So maybe we haven't seen the best from Nascimento yet. He's steadily improving his grappling out there. But uh, honestly, in this this spot, I'm I'm looking to uh, you know bet Bosser or, or nothing at all because I think Bosser is going to knock him out. Uh, might get taken down here. I think I trust him to probably stay safe enough to get back up to the feet. And on the feet, I just think it's going to be a pretty one sided affair. Bosser just way faster hands. Nascimento does not see punches coming, and the way Bosser like loops his punches around the guard, I actually think is going to work really effectively here, kind of like uh, Dawkins did. And uh, I think he's probably putting Nascimento to sleep in the first round here so uh look to bet that one accordingly uh next fight uh middle division alan amadol taking on joe pfeiffer uh the betting line for this one pfeiffer is a massive favorite minus 450 amadovsky plus 350 so amadovsky is another one of these role players this guy you know hasn't won a fight in almost like four years i think uh yeah december of 2018 last time he won uh, you know, multiple knockouts in round one against some low level opponents, but this guy is just not a very uh thorough fighter, he doesn't have much or any grappling, and he kind of just swings and bangs on the feet. And this guy can't connect you with like a knockout on the feet, he really doesn't have many ideas on what to do after that. Uh, we saw him get rocked versus Holmes, he got you know, rear naked choked with no hooks in there. And I think, you know, Pfeiffer's probably going to kill this guy. Pfeiffer's coming off of the uh, Contender Series. Nice knockout over Ozzy. And, uh, you know, I, there, I think what, you know, obviously the uh, Dana and the UFC fell in love with Pfeiffer after that. And I think they truly went and they said, who is the worst middleweight on the roster? We're going to give you the worst middleweight on the roster. Get your feet wet, you know, get you get you a win, get you a nice fifty thousand dollar bonus. Get them paid. Exactly. Yeah, get them paid. They're just they're just trying to, you know, hook uh hook Pfeiffer up here and give him the easiest path. And they're like, oh, we got this Amadovsky Marquez fight. MMA, Marquez MMA, getting the, getting the look out. Yeah, but be careful because Sabatini fights before this. I mean, if he fucks up the streak somehow and ruins oh. the streak, I mean, you know, watch out. All bets could be off. But I have a bet here actually under one and a half rounds. Very rare that I bet one of those, but I'm betting it here. I just think it's super likely that, that Pfeiffer is going to kill this guy. And Amadovsky seems pretty incapable of fighting much longer than seven and a half minutes. Um, so, yeah. What's the juice on that? Uh, one seven one seventy five. It is quite juiced, but I cap it. Se- I, I cap it seventy percent. So I'm hitting it. I'm fuck it. We're hitting it. Okay. Okay. I see. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't got too many thoughts other than I think Pfeiffer's gonna try to come and you know bang this guy up. Um. I mean, the guy's super well rounded though. I, I was kind of baffled when that that line was pick him uh against uh Ozzy Diaz. My uh 
I uh, what do you what do you call that? What do you what do you call that? When someone has they why why is there not a name for like you and John? You guys are all like um, I don't know. Oh, kinship. I don't know what kinship you share there. Yeah, me, anyway. I don't understand what's happening here. John's anyway, Pfeiffer, yeah, exactly. Pfeiffer, uh, yeah, Pfeiffer, I mean, he's got power in his hands. He he looks to finish a fight with submissions when it gets to the ground. You know, Amadowski, I guess he could, you know, it's volatile when guys are just swinging. You've never really seen uh, home, uh, Joseph's uh, chin, you know, all that much. So I'm sure he could get clipped. That's why I kind of do like that under um because they're in that small cage as well in the uh in the apex so yeah i think that uh pfeiffer pfeiffer should knock this guy out um but i wouldn't rule out the submission either but i feel I, yeah actually what's the submission because i feel like it's bad it's like like 210 or something like that like plus two i feel like the submission is definitely very possible because um 275 pfeiffer, like pfeiffer could be like all right like why would i just go into a swinging fest with this guy when I could just, I'm so much stronger than him. Like, I just take him down and, you know, get him, you know, submit him. So, uh, so. I don't, he doesn't like jujitsu that much. He likes throwing hands. His jujitsu looked good against Diaz, dude. Yeah, the arm triangle there. Yeah, he took that back. Yeah, yeah, that's good. true. That's, that's Went not for a take yeah. down there. Yeah, 275 might not be that bad. Plus, I, I mean, I this think, guy I gave think, up. Uh, he gave up his neck so easily to Holmes, and he was just looking to tap there. So, like, if he's eating strikes, he's probably just going to be like, choke me and get this over with. And Pfeiffer, bro, that's an anxious guy, bro. I feel like if he sees like a finish on a silver, he'd be like, all right, let me let me get this done. He could be like the Todd Duffy of the middleweight division. Interesting. Well, I think he might take offense to that, honestly. So I won't tell him you he said would. that. Okay. Um, you think so? Yeah. Todd Duffy won a lot of, or the Anthony Rumble Johnson. How about that? Get there you go. Guy. I think he's fine with that. He's fine with that comparison. Um, next okay. fight, the third and final Philly guy on the card. Um, in the featherweight division, Andre Touchy Philly, Bill Senior Perfecto, Algio. Uh, and we have this fight uh, almost lined as a pick em here. Slightly into Feely, minus 114 for Feely, minus 106 for Bill. Some action coming in on Bill the past few days. Um, and uh, your turn to start this one off, Ozzy. What are you thinking? So, I mean, we ha- th- this is that dog odds, which I found interesting that people came in on the Bill side. I thought people would honestly come in on Feely. Um, just because, like, Feely, you know, you could look at that punch, like, that he got hit with from Brito and look at it in like, oh, like just like a stupid outcome meme finish, right? Meme KO. Like he was, he got up right away, right after like he, he probably could have took a few more shots. I don't know if he would have recovered. Who knows? But he was just up right away and he was like, fuck that sucked. I think that might've been the, fr- was that the first time he got KO'd? Oh no. Yair. Yair flying need him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Andre, if he's getting up there in age, I mean, I feel like his grappling is just always, um, huge hole because like the guy the he said he was training with gary tony and this guy is this is like 10 years into his career more or less i don't know exactly i'm not gonna look at look at it but he was said he was like training with gary a lot and all this and henzo gracie and all this stuff and then he right after that he had the bryce mitchell fight bro so what the fuck is that like <laughs> you know what i mean like dude only so much you could do his grappling just looked bad though in that fight it just looked really bad um, so I feel like if they tangle up, you know, I know Martian is going to try and come, is going to tell you that, you know, Feely wrestling, like he's going to be able to, you know, take Bill down, which might be true. But if they exchange grappling, like I just, 
I just trust Bill way more. Um, and it depends on Andre's motor, which has always been good. Um, I'll say that. But I feel like his striking is honestly it gets it gets talked up a little bit more than there really should be, you know, off of just him beating up uh Panita for a little bit and that, you know, throwing those head kicks. Like I don't think Bill's gonna be I don't think the angles and the stuff that like that Muay Thai, that Dutch or that uh Dwayne Ludwig stuff that you know Feely does, I don't think it's going to throw Bill off um very much. And I just feel like Bill's gonna be able to adjust a little bit more than Feely. I feel like Feely, he's kind of like a little bit direct. Like he's either only looking to like kickbox, you know, with you, or he's only looking to wrestle, like example in that Jordan fight. So I feel like Bill mixes it up a bit better than Feely. You know, the conditioning, I'm interested to see how it'll play out, who's able to control the pace more. Um, I think it'll be a competitive fight. You know, I can understand pickup mods. I would play Bill as an underdog. I was not a part of the steam move to towards Bill. Um, but, you know, I could see a case for both sides. Obviously, Philly is much more proven overall. But I just feel like Bill's been active. You know, I think he's got a solid chance to win this fight. But uh, but it likely goes to the uh, goes the distance. But I feel like Bill could potentially submit Feely. So I like Bill's submission. I don't know what it is. What what's Bill's submission? Can we get? Is it is it a good? Price? I don't know. But you're you're way off on these submission yeah. reads today. So it's Bill's pretty, submission, I mean, bro. Six fifty. I mean, um. So you think Bryce Mitchell didn't submit this guy, but Bill's gonna? Bryce Mitchell doesn't go for that many submissions. Oh uh, yeah, sure he does. Um. But go for any this uh let's let's check the stats. Um um none officially. Exactly. Oh no, one, one. Um anyway, um so this is a fight I've been thinking about for a while, ever since Bill got to the UFC. This is like one of the matchups I've been really um, you know, wanting to see. And I'm really uh, excited for this that we get to actually see it. You know, Bill did call out uh, Chase Hooper, which I would have think uh, was a perfect matchup for him. But um, he got this matchup, a much different, much more difficult matchup. Um, and Billy thrives in like anti-grappling type of fights. Like he is, he can be taken down, right? His first layer of takedown defense is not good, but he's really good at just staying safe in positions, uh, you know, turn in positions, uh, defending submissions. And uh, whenever he has guys like, uh, like Lamas or Brito or even, um, wait, did I say Lamas? I meant, uh, I meant Ramos or Brito, even Lamas though. Like he did well in all those fights because um, he knows how to, to mitigate risk on the feet on the ground. And um, he's just not going to get submitted or finished on the ground ever potentially until he fights maybe like Mosuari of Loya or something like that. But like this guy is, Bill is really, really good at defending uh, ground attacks and just staying safe on the ground. And I don't think uh, Andre Philly possesses much of a threat on like putting Bill in bad spots on the ground here. Now I do think Andre has the wrestling advantage. He is the the much better offensive wrestler, and I think he can hit double leg takedowns here on Bill. Uh, if you guys remember the Sadiq Yusuf fight, Andre Philly they're they're banging it out on the feet, trading punches, and then very opportunistically and quickly, Andre Philly scoops up a double and takes him down. Now he doesn't keep his opponents down, but in rounds that are close, striking rounds uh, in the apex with a you know a pretty small crowd, I think you know a potential big double leg takedown, you know that big impact on the cage, I think could be a like a, a round swinging moment in Andre Philly's favor, and um, you know. 
like a lot of guys like Lamas, Ramos, Brito, even Herbert Burns, uh, Bill's recent opponents, they want to grapple. They want, they don't really want to hang out at the striking range for too long. The last guy who you look at, who was really comfortable just striking with Bill was Brendan Logdane, who had a lot of success with the, the outside leg kicks. You know, that's going to be big in this matchup. Bill's pretty heavy on that lead leg and, when they're both in the orthodox stance here, I do think that Andre's uh, leg kick, calf kick is going to be landing here. And then the jab of Andre is going to be landing. I do think Andre has the faster hand speed. Um, and, you know, probably the boxing of the two. Bill's a great striker of his own, but he's very versatile. Like he mixes in kicks and punches and the clinch attacks and everything. Andre's a much more traditional striker with a jab, a one-two, uh, the right high kick. Um, and I think that that, you know, traditional offense is going to give Bill some problems because Bill loves fight with his hands down. He loves trying to, you know, slip punches with his hands down. But I think he's going to be eating some jabs here and the leg kicks are going to be an issue. And I think the takedowns are, are going to be landing here. Um, what's what up? happened? What happened the last time Andre Feely threw a jab in a UFC fight? What happened? Yeah, I mean that was within the first minute, though. I mean, like you said, it's not like it's not exactly like the most indict. Uh, indictive outcome and i think that has mean the guy's slowing down a little bit what do you say oh yeah but i mean i mean he's only he's 32 and you know he he does train a team alpha male you 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 know he definitely is is still training with really good partners you know yadong is in camp right now um so you know they you know they got a lot of good bodies his strength and conditioning coach his girlfriend Um, is his strength and conditioning coach um i don't know if bill does strength and nah he he definitely does but um Anyway, uh, I, I cap, you know, Feely here, uh, you know, I got to give him a slight favor, 55 to 57 percent. Um, I could see Bill, you know, getting it into that scrappy type of fight where they're trading clinches and, you know, it's just going to be a volume war here. But I think of the guys who have potential to win, like clearly and emphatically, I think that's a little bit more on Andre's side here. And, you know, hate picking against my man Bill, but I do think this is not a great matchup for him. And at the odds, I, I just think there's value on Feely at these odds. Uh, truthfully so um anything you know below minus 130 i'd say is value on feely um but i you know i'm just hoping that we get to see a good fight i, I do think it's very very likely to go to the decision the line is minus 210 like 67 percent. i honestly think it's probably closer to 75 percent. i don't see many finishes on the table here at all um so yeah i mean i think this one's uh, gtd and i think it's going to be andre uh, decision um, next fight, co-main event time, middleweight division, Chidi Njikawani, Gregory Hobocop Rodriguez. Njikawani is the favorite, minus 130. Robocop plus 110 on the comeback. Um, I've bet against Chidi in, I think, two fights in a row now. Um, I've been skeptical of the guy. I'm starting to gain a little more respect. I'm starting to recognize that this guy is just a dangerous motherfucker in the first round. And, you know, he is a, he's a really good offensive striker. He has power. That elbow that he knocked out Dushko with was, was filthy. And, you know, I'm ga- definitely gaining respect for the guy, but it just sucks because they're, they're giving me uh, like better and better matchups. You know, first they started off with MAB, which I thought was a good matchup. He got killed in 15 seconds. Okay. Then they give me Dushko a plus 250. I don't like Dushko, but it's plus 250. So I'm going to take it. Now they got Robocop at plus money. I love Robocop. They're giving me plus money and they're enticing me again uh, to bet against Chidi again. And I think I'm going to have to do it because uh, my thinking here is it, when these guys stay on the feet, you know, you got, got to give a slight advantage cheaty here but robocop is a really skilled striker of his own right he checks kicks he has nice boxing he has good body kicks of his own 
The guy gets some shit for his chin, but honestly, his chin really isn't that bad. I mean, he can get caught with like one shot and get put out sometimes like Jordan Williams did. But then look at Junyun Park. I mean, he was hitting him with a lot of shots and RoboCop was staying right in the pocket, staying in the mix. And next thing you know, he hurt uh, Junyun Park and put him out. So um, I think on the feet here, you got to give like a 60-40, maybe 70-30 uh, edge to Njikawani. But I think it's very possible that, that Hobokov wins some striking exchanges on the feet here. And then if you think that any guy has a grappling advantage, I think it's pretty comfortably in favor of, uh, of Hobokov here, who has um, some nice takedowns. But when he really gets the fight to the uh, in his realm is when he gets that back take. He's really good at you know floating to the back take. Um, you saw him get some back takes on... Um, on Junyun Park, as I was just mentioning, uh, the uh, Petrosian fight as well. Um, and Rodriguez should probably be on like a seven or eight fight win streak here without that Petrosian bad decision there. So um, I think, you know, Hobocop is just a, a guy I, I love to watch fight. Um, and I think I have to bet on him here as well at plus money uh, because. Um, I, I recognize the cheaty threat early with the knockout. I, I think that he could knock Robocop out early in round one here, but Hobocop could also get a takedown in round one here, which would, you know, probably swing him to the favorite right away. So it is a spot where I understand if you want to wait to live bet, maybe, you know, uh, cheaty starts fast and knocks him out. Uh, but I don't think I can pass up the plus money at this point. So I'm taking Hobo. Yeah, this is a great fight. Didn't expect it. Thought that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thought that Hobo Cop would fight one of the Florida middleweights, maybe one of the ETT guys, um, maybe like Jocko. But Jocko's got his hands full already. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, I mean, uh, I'm interested in this fight. I mean, Chidi, he did get taken down a little bit by Dusko, but you know he did work his way up, and you know it was definitely interesting to see. That uh obviously he won his contender fight. There was some you know prolonged top uh top game from him there. Um and, and also work in the clinch, which you know the guy's obviously a Muay Thai guy, the good Muay Thai uh striker. But I think he got roughed up in the in the clinch a little bit in, in some of his Bellator fights, I think against Carvalho specifically. Um and he's just been a little bit hot and cold, but I do think he is get, coming into his own a little bit. Like you said, very dangerous. Looks to to, to strike on the break. You know, is is a creative striker. Um, Duffy has power, uses his range well. Um, and I uh and I think potentially, you know, his cardio. I don't I don't know though about his cardio. Like, can he reliably finish guys in the later rounds? Um, you know, Hobo Cop. Obviously, we 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 think that he has an advantage on the ground. But sometimes he doesn't really go for the, you know, for the takedown uh, as hard as he should or you would want him to. And then when he does get there, like, it's like, mm, you know, how good on the ground is he? Like, is he going to consistently get finishes or like is is the uh, is the ground game just, uh, you know, something to win the rounds? Um, and that's like something that. You know, Martian will say, "Oh, you're off on the submission thing." So that that's that's the thing. Like, I'm trying to kind of get right with how likely some of these guys who do grapple or end up on top um, are to finish the fight when they have a advantage or a submission hold. So I think we're gonna get more submissions, just a meta thing, more submissions in the second half of this year or the last three months of this year. So I'll be playing some more submission stuff. But anyway, about the fight, yeah, I think. Um, Hobo cop, he just needs to not tire out. Um, he you know, he looked okay against Armin. 
uh, that was a good fight to prepare him for some someone like Chitty who's going to be banging those kicks, you know, and, and and maybe fighting off the back foot. So I will also take Hobo Cop plus 110. Very good. I got some even money right now. I will probably add to that position. And and then we'll see what happens, uh, you know, how the fight goes. I definitely think Chidi could definitely win this. You know, Hobo Cop could slow down and, you know, Chidi could overwhelm him. Or Chidi could just, you know, be able to stifle some of the takedowns, you know, you know, win the clinch positions, win the decision. So it should be a good fight, though. I like this middleweight fight for sure. Yep, great matchup there. And that's going to take us to the main event, which is in the Bantamweight division. Corey Sanhagen taking on Song Yudong, Song's first main event. And the odds have Sanhagen as the favorite, minus 181. Song Yudong coming back at plus 156. Another amazing matchup here to cap off this great fight night. Interesting to hear your thoughts on this one. What are we thinking? Matchup, five rounds. Love it. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Song... He's had a really good UFC career so far. Um, he's won, you know, a bunch of fights. Has fought pretty good competition for uh for whatever his age is or whatever it is. Like he he just performed pretty well in all his fights. Um, you know, the one time I think he disappointed was a little bit against uh, Kyler, which I thought it was a it was an interesting fight to go back and watch as well. Um, just thinking what his approach was there. I think I did back him that night. Just thought that he, you know, as a favorite, wasn't that bad of a price. And, you know, he definitely clearly lost. But I think in hindsight, it's not that bad of a loss. Um, He comes in here against Sanhagen, who, I mean, Sanhagen, you know, two losses in a row. You know, I was watching those two fights back again, though. And, you know, I kind of try to have to put it into context with, um, you know, TJ being, you know, wherever you think TJ was at, at that in that fight going into it. And then, you know, later on in it as well, after the four, first round where he tore his knee and then that Jan fight where he just kind of got dominated there. Like he, he started go like, you know, going for takedowns and shooting in on, you know, Jan, which I, I just didn't understand. You know, I think he said maybe that he was a little hurt or whatever it is, but I mean, I just think some of the strikes that he's kind of throwing, like he's catching TJ cause TJ's a little, a little slower, like kind of coming in, you know, coming in, uh, you know, uh, closing the distance in between them and Corey's able to pot shot him, hit him with, you know, little, little jabs, little crosses, you know, switching stances, doing all this bullshit. Um, which it, it works it's effective. And I like watching it. Like, I don't not like his striking style, but it's like, it's a little Dominic Cruz sometimes and he's throwing some of the, the punches, um, without even some of the intent that Dominic Cruz puts out there, in my opinion. Um, so I think that could be an issue here against song because song, he does he's really good at moving within your punches to kind of uh set up his knockout strike right you see that in the alejandro perez fight um you know alejandro perez i think he goes to throw like an inside leg kick or whatever and like song just takes his space and you know uh puts his uh right hand on him knocks him out um same thing against uh marlin you know how he's able to go from you know slip you know overhand right to you know a little short left hook to all set up that that uppercut that he kind of does by taking that inside angle there and, and you know taking that space up so i think against it's a good style i think against a guy like sanhagen i think uh maybe he should look to work the legs a little bit um you know there aren't are in that small cage here um and you know watch for that flying knee but this dude's song his chins look really good 
Um, but obviously, sometimes he does get hit clean with some of these strikes. I wouldn't be surprised that like Corey landed like a crazy strike on him. But I like Song, you know, in this fight. I think his cardio is better than people give him credit for. Um, I think he'll be able to pace himself. Like if he wants to just pace and maybe not pursue Corey as much and not get in as many uh, exchanges to conserve cardio, I think he'll be able to do that. He should be able to do that. Um, and I think his grappling game has been, let's just say, leveling up. Um, so I actually think he could potentially have an advantage there in terms of, uh, getting to top positions, but Corey uh, is another thing. Like, I think he does look to end the fight by submission when they do, when people do lock up with him, you saw that he went for that triangle against TJ heel hook. So submission could be possible for him, but I like Sonya Dong here on the money line. I've already bet him plus 175. Um, and I think there's a lot of value on him at, you know, at this price, I think all the way down to like plus one. Plus 145, maybe right around there. Yeah, and initially I was thinking the value would be on Song, and I think it's definitely still easier to make a Song bet than it is to lay this chalk on Sanhagen, but um, I, I do think Sanhagen is going to eventually win this fight, and uh, for that reason, I, I'm you know losing some confidence in, in the Song side. And I mean, it's Song's, I think, going to start fast. I think he's going to probably win one of the first two rounds, uh, potentially even two of them. But uh, I think as the fight goes on, the more it goes in Sanhagen's favor. He is obviously the one who's fought the full five rounds. And we have seen Song, you know, look uh, okay in some late rounds, but we've also seen him fade a little bit in other later rounds. The Vera fight, the Kyler Phillips fight, I think he faded a little bit in those, maybe even in the Casey Kenny fight. It's just he's not really um, pulling away in these three-round decisions. Like those three, his last three fights that went to the decision, even the the Stamen fight, let's say his last four fights that went to the three-round decision, he didn't emphatically win any of them. You know, a split with Casey, unanimous loss to Phillips, uh, a, a unanimous over Vera, but I honestly had Vera win in that fight, and then a majority draw versus Stamen. So I think that kind of shows a trend that um, – he doesn't do so well with the full 15-minute fight. And uh, he also lost uh, round three to Vince Morales back in the day. So I think the 3-4-5 the advantage here does lie with Corey Sandhagen, who seems to have just an endless gas tank, who is incredibly durable. Both these guys are just insanely durable. And uh, I would be pretty surprised to see either guy knocking each other out, um, which does make me think that it is going to go the full five rounds. But at the same time, it also is probably going to be just a crazy striking fight where these guys are just hitting each other in the head over and over again. So that doesn't really feel like a smart bet to be you know minus 150 on the fight for go the distance so i'm not really seeing any pre-fight betting angles for this one here except for uh wait for uh, a Corey sandhagen live bet because i think um you know the speed the punching power of yadong is going to give Corey some issues early uh, and Corey does build as the fight goes on so i think that um you know song probably wins round one round two is going to be getting close and then uh, three, four, five. Corey is probably going to win those later rounds and win like a 48, 47, uh, maybe even a 49, 46 decision here. Um, and uh, looking at all these bets, yeah, I'm not really seeing any props that, that jump off the page to me. Maybe those Sanhagen four, uh, Sanhagen five props at 22 to one and 30 to one. Uh, if he can really leverage that cardio advantage. Um, but uh, yeah, Ozzy, you think this one's going the full five rounds? Uh, yeah, probably, but mm, it depends on the pace. I feel like you see how big those prices are on Corey 4-5. That should tell you something. 
Yeah, I wonder what the uh, decision only. I haven't looked at these uh, these bets in too long, but I feel like decision only would be pretty good for uh, for Sandhagen here. Oh, minus two eighty. Never mind. No good. There's actually value on Song at plus two hundred there uh, because he's incredibly durable. But um, that that'll wrap up the the fight card for us. Fourteen fights. I think we got through this one in a pretty reasonable amount of time. Yeah, just about hour and ten, and that's gonna bring us to our uh, best bet parlay of the week. Um. Who who are you thinking for yours, Ozzy? Uh, I need to get another one on the board, and I like my boy Anthony Hernandez, v- via Mexico from California, via California to get it done for me. I like the guy's game, I like the opponent, I like the matchup, I like the location, I like the line. That's good. Hernandez. Um. I'm going to have to do a, a total, and because that line doesn't let you parlay them for some reason, we're going to have to, to do it on DraftKings for parlay now. Parlay totals? Oh, is it? Okay, maybe it's props that I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, Online. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, uh, everybody's listening. Um, anyway, so we're going to do the under one and a half in that Pfeiffer fight, and then we're going to do that, uh, that Hernandez money line for Ozzy. So what does that come out to here? So we got... Pfeiffer under minus one seventy five, Hernandez seventy four, one seventy four comes out to plus one forty seven. Okay, there it is. Best bet parlay of the week: Hern- Hernandez money line and that under total. Um, this is not my official best bet. If I had to pick a money line to do it with, though, um, I probably I probably go with touchy feely, touchy feely on that one. Um. Yikes. or or greg honestly but you know th- it doesn't even matter because those aren't those aren't my official ones so uh official one hernandez money line under one and a half in the hyper fight plus 147 and that's going to do it any closing thoughts here ozzy i think we're off of uh ufc next week yes off of ufc next week and then the good card some would say a bad card i would say opportunity on the first Yep, October 1st. So we'll be back with you guys in a little over two weeks here. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoy the fights and win some bets this weekend. And we'll see you guys in two weeks before the next UFC. Peace out, everyone.